You want to know who's in the driver's seat? It's Northwestern. <laughs> Grab your mind. So we're talking a world where Kentucky's ranked ahead of Ohio State and Northwestern is slated to win the Big Ten West. What a time to be alive. Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is The Rivalry. Hello again and welcome back to The Rivalry Podcast where we have only 24 days Till the game. Jason, Incredible. How are you feeling this morning? Man, I'm a little bit under the weather. A little bit under the weather, but pushing forward. Got to get healthy because there is a lot of great football to catch up on this weekend. We got college football playoff rankings to talk through today. Michigan Penn State preview and Ohio State off the world's longest bye week ever in Columbus, Ohio. I, I realize you listening can't see me, but I am so far away from Jace in this studio. It's it's unbelievable because I have not even gotten a small symptom of getting sick yet. And it seems like everybody around me is having the sniffles. I've coughed on your microphone, though. That's what you don't know. Great. Well, okay. <laughs> awesome. That's what coffee is for. It'll just burn everything away. Because this is <laughs> That's not hot. how coffee it's, works. It's, that's coffee not is science. One, that's, that's science. Kids stay in school. There's a good reason right there. As always, please like and review. You can find us at Jace and Mitch. That's J-A-C-E and Mitch. We're so thankful that you have been listening. We've been doing some research on how many people have been listening. And we're getting quite a following. And that is 100% thanks to you guys. So thank you for sticking with us through this season. We're excited to come back into next season as well. Hint, hint, we'll be back. Yeah, and even as a as a kind of a bonus thank you, again, at Jace and Mitch on Twitter. Otherwise, just search for The Rivalry Podcast and iTunes, Spotify, tune in. Uh, we've got some videos that are going to be rolling your way here. We've got two, I think a third one coming. Uh, you can start looking for those within, I'd say, probably the next week or so, especially yep. leading up to the game at the end of the year. So since last time, the college football playoff rankings... They came out Tuesday night at about 7 o'clock. My oh my, is there a lot to talk about with this? Because <laughs> this is the first one that matters, quote unquote matters. This is the first college football. The reason it matters is this is the one, these are the rankings that we look at going in to see who's actually going to make it in. It's not some third party. These are the ones, but it's the first of many to come out. So there's a lot to talk about. I remember... I. I have already seen people saying, oh, it's Ohio State's out of there. There's nothing we can do. There's no chance. And and Michigan, we're going to the national championship. It's unbelievable. Look, the first time we did a college football playoff in 2014, week one when they came out with these, or not week one, week of yeah, the, yeah, the first their rankings, week that they did it. Mississippi State was ranked number one, and Ohio State was number 16. And we would go on to win the whole thing. So there's still a lot of stuff to be going on, so I can't. I'm not listening to any of you people saying yeah. Ohio State's out of it. Yeah, well, even even this weekend is going to tell you a lot. You've got Alabama, LSU, Michigan, Penn State, just mm-hmm. a couple of the big games on the schedule. So you know that this is all going to work itself out in the end. Uh, coming in at one and two, no surprises. That was at least pretty clear. Alabama, number one. Clemson, number two. Nobody taken off guard by that. And really, three and four weren't surprising either. It was just the order in which they came. LSU jumps Notre Dame to number three. The Irish fall in air quotes to number four. So LSU with a one with a one loss jumps an undefeated team. And that again, do you have any idea why? Well, and that's going to be scrutinized, right? Because it's it's the same thing that's happened the last couple of years when you get to the end of the year. What does the committee want? Do they want conference championships? Are they going to value a P5 member over an independent like Notre Dame? So far, it seems like they are. Another reason I saw for LSU making the jump 
is that uh, they thought it would be unfair to, for LSU to play, quote, at home in Arlington, Texas. Just a very short drive from Louisiana. Hmm. They're going to put them in Miami instead. But what I can't figure out is what you've done is you have taken a one-loss LSU team and you have rewarded them for losing a game because now they get to play Clemson. Not that that's an easy task. Obviously, it's the playoff. But you've taken an undefeated Notre Dame team and said, hey, just based on location of these games, I know you haven't lost yet, but we're going to send you to go play Alabama. And not only that, but everybody here knows that both of us do not like Alabama. No. And this placement of LSU really favors Alabama because now if Alabama loses which up to this point I thought it'd be the first four are or at least the first three are undefeated teams and then you have all your one loss teams mm-hmm. falling in which almost is the case but in my mind when Alabama plays LSU up to this point I was saying man I hope Alabama loses but now if Alabama loses, it doesn't look like they'll fall out of the top four if LSU is number three yep. with one loss. So if Alabama loses, this helps none of us. The best thing for if you are, I'll presume that majority of our listeners are, if you are a Big Ten school, Michigan, Ohio State, whatever, if you're a Big Ten school, the best thing that could happen this weekend, I hate to say it. No, don't say it. Just don't it, say it. Just say Alabama doesn't lose. Is for Alabama to, to win. No, don't say that. <laughs> just say Alabama because won't Because you're lose. exactly yeah. right. Because what you then have, not to throw too many like, ooh, here's some moving parts at you, but then Clem- if Alabama loses, Clemson goes to one, LSU goes to two, Notre Dame goes to three, Bama probably goes to four, and now you come to the end of the year and you've got to deal with a at least a one-loss LSU and a one-loss Alabama, and chances are they both go through to the playoff, which then leaves two spots for our friends at Clemson and Notre Dame, and the Big Ten misses out. Does that is the play? worst thing that could happen is for uh, LSU to win this weekend. So, guys, you don't have to overtly cheer for Bama, but you just kind of have to hope that they pull it out. Does Clemson play anybody difficult moving forward? I don't think so. I think they may have... Right. Um, They'll have Virginia likely in the ACC championship game, if nothing else. So, no. <laughs> no, Clemson should be able to roll right on through. But I think of any of those teams right there, um, as far as upsets go, I think Clemson is probably the most upset-prone team that I have seen. We live in a world where Kentucky and Washington State are ranked ahead of Ohio State. I, I can't get over this. Number it's 10. It's a beautiful thing. What, what, I, what I am optimistic about here is that the coaches' poll... And the AP poll put Ohio State at number eight before these rankings. So in a lot of people's mind, Ohio State is actually looking better than what the playoff rankings have said, which which makes me happy that it's not the other way around. I would have it would have stunk if the coaches poll and the AP poll said, hey, they're number 10. And then the playoff rankings had us at eight, because that means there's a lot of people that aren't excited about Ohio State. I think that with I know and I talked about this last episode, we've had a two week hiatus mm-hmm. of football. And the, uh, according to Urban Meyer in the press conference, the first week of that was just to get the bad taste of our out of our mouth. They're practicing. They're looking forward. They're moving on from whatever just happened, and we're only looking forward. The second week has been all about implementation of how we're going to take mm-hmm. it to Nebraska. And he seemed very confident about how our, this team is going to move forward. I said last time, I'll say it again, the schedule that we have is is prone to see Ohio State benefiting and starting to improve as far as we're going to get a warm-up week with Nebraska, and then we're going to head into some more difficult teams, have a break, and then play you guys. Well, and, and here's where I here's where I feel like the 
the idea of you having a, a warm-up week, whatever. If you want to compare strength of schedule, keep the playoff rankings in the back of your mind. Teams that are ranked near the top of these college football playoff rankings, LSU has played seven teams. Again, th- this is a few one-loss teams, by the way. LSU has played seven teams with a winning record. Michigan has played six. Georgia's played four. Ohio State has played one. So when you get to the end of the year... That's as of right now. As of right when now. When we played them, like our quality wins, when we played them, were very much quality wins. You can't wins. count TCU when they're three and four as a quality win, man. I wish we you could, do Jace. That. I wish we could. <laughs> and I actually, I tend to think that the... It's interesting that you were saying, you know, the bye week, first week was kind of moved Purdue aside, second week was to prepare. And I totally believe that that's how Urban's operating. But in my mind, the bye week actually hurts Ohio State. When you get punched in the mouth like they did against Purdue, you want to go out immediately. You want to play a game the next day and erase that feeling, right? So they've had to sit in that for two weeks now. They've had to listen to questions about the defense, questions about the offensive, uh, offensive line, particularly the running game. You've had to answer questions about Urban's health, Urban's future. This is where Ohio State lives. Ohio State lives into, we do really well, we bumble, and then we have a comeback that shows that we've improved. And this schedule is going to show that when we come back and we beat Nebraska, we beat Michigan State, we beat Michigan, when, when not if, when this happens, it's going to look really, really good. And then you throw a Big Ten championship on there, probably against uh, well, Wisconsin, right, well, Nebraska. Right, right now, you want to know who's in the driver's seat? It's Northwestern. <laughs> Wrap your mind. So we're talking a world where Kentucky's ranked ahead of Ohio State and Northwestern is slated to win the Big Ten West. What a time to be alive. <laughs> it's in these moments where the media just goes to town beating up Ohio State to try to knock them out of any sort of playoff conversation. And oh, what they're on. what they're reaching for now is Urban's health. And I know this has been a big topic, and I know it's important because he's another human being and we care for Urban. Um, but they're saying that with all these headaches and the and the cysts that we've talked about on the podcast before that he's got in his brain the arachnoid I keep trying to think it's a. Arachnid. It sounds like a spider thing. We know it's serious, and all, and like for real, like we're praying for Urban. Like we, we wish him the best, Absolutely. all that stuff. But, but it's from a football hyped, standpoint, it's getting yes. hyped up more than it should because he has had this for twenty years, and he says it's no different than it has been. The media is just now discovering it. So I think that they're going to harp on that. They're going to harp on the run game. They're going to, which they absolutely should harp on the run game because it's been atrocious. But Urban has come out and said, "Look, I'm fine. I will for sure be back next year. I plan on coaching." He says we're getting some injured offensive linemen to come back for this week. He said it's probable that the ones that got injured that are veterans that got injured in preseason will be back. So we have some more veterans on the line now. He said that they've been working on the run game. Number one having the right play call, number two, having more movement, and number three, running through tackles, because that's not something that we'd had, that we'd seen with Ezekiel Elliott, where he just spun right, out of right. everything that we didn't see before. Something about having, like, half a jersey just makes him more elusive, I think. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I, whatever <laughs> it takes, I guess they're going to bring back the crop top. So I think that they have, how Urban has responded to the questions in the press conference, it sounds like they have made some serious improvement. And to quote him, he said, it's time to cash in on all of the time and effort spent practicing in the last two weeks. They're looking forward to seeing some serious improvement. So I'm excited. I was say, as a Buckeye fan, you have to be also looking forward to cashing in on all this talk of improvement because so far it's not been there. I think you are overselling how good Ohio State's going to look the rest of the year because, again, Unless you beat Michigan, 
there's still not a super quality win there. Penn State at home. Michigan get, State no, I'm, at, I'm giving you Penn State. Home, I'm giving you Penn State. I'm just saying that I, I think that Ohio State's got their work cut out for them. They're going to have to not just win, but they will have to be convincing, especially against Michigan, in order for the committee to forget the Purdue thing. Michigan has got their work cut out for them. They are in the driver's seat. They are in control of their own destiny. And typically when Michigan's being in control of their own destiny, I have seen them goof it up time and time again. <laughs> But th- this year has a different feel, though. It does. I ever will since admit that, that it does. Ever since that Wisconsin game, they finally won one of those big primetime games. It's like, ah, can they do it again? Sure. They beat a rival on the road, ranked team uh, two weeks ago now with the bye. This is a team that instead of coming in like I've seen them do for about the last 10 years and just, it's a big game. We're going to just hold on and hope a bounce goes our way. This is a team that has really embraced that Chase Winovich revenge tour feel and comes into big games expecting to win. And that seems like, well, yeah, you should always know, but like actually convinced that they can win every game on their schedule this year. That's something I've not seen from a Michigan team for a while. It's that killer instinct. And I love the fact that they seem to have that back now. I'm in this point in the season where, okay, I'm always operating out of the mindset of I want the Big Ten to do well. I want always Ohio State to be number one and Michigan to be number two, and when we face off, we put. I want us both to be as good as possible. That only works if Ohio State is ranked better than Michigan. If Ohio State is worse, then I just want to drag you down with us. <laughs> That's just how it goes. And so I'm so, I want the Big Ten to do well. But, and I know it would be good long-term for the rivalry if yeah, Ohio State does well. Yeah, but speak from your heart, well. Mitch. Speak from the heart. But I just want Michigan to lose to Penn State so bad. And that's just a selfish thing that I don't even know if that makes sense for us to look good at the end of the year. Because I think it, if you do beat Penn State and then we beat you, it'd look good. It's so close. I just want to see you guys lose because it's in these moments of high expectations for Michigan that you're all built up and you think it's possible. If I'm only going to get one good thing out of the rest of the season, if Ohio State crumbles, is at least Michigan has. <laughs> A, a horrible That's end of the, the year. That's the beauty of the rivalry, right? I love it. Well, in Penn State, I, it's going to be a doozy of a game, right? You can look at the, the records and be like, oh, Penn State's lost a couple games. They gave the game to Ohio State. They gave the game to Michigan State. This could be and probably should be a top five matchup this weekend. It should be. And this is not only a huge game for the obvious reasons of Michigan in control of the Big Ten East, uh, Michigan going into the end of the year, playoff implications, obviously, for those reasons. But specifically to the rivalry, it's a huge game because it's a precursor to Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Trace McSorley, I said this a couple episodes back, tune in Spotify, iTunes. Trace McSorley reminds me a lot of Dwayne Haskins. I don't think he's as good as Haskins, but it's kind of that... He's a, he has more he's experience. A, yeah, he's, he's an accurate. He's an accurate passer. Wise quarterback. Um, he's more mobile than Haskins is, but and I think that can be a little bit tricky for Michigan's defense as well. But I think that they are very similar quarterbacks, uh, if not in style, at least in talent level. He feels like the Aaron Rodgers of college football. He just yeah, a has a bit. lot of wisdom and experience, and you trust his decision making a little bit. And I think that the t- the run game feels the same. The defenses feel about this. I think it's going to be a good indication of what we're going to get at the end of the year. Not that we're looking past it to that, but just as a as a side note. I think Penn State, frankly, I think Penn State is probably a better team than Ohio State is, at least right now. So Michigan's going to have their work cut out for them. I do think that Michigan's going to be too much for them. I think primarily Michigan's defense is going to do very similar to what they did to Wisconsin, what they did to Michigan State. Now, not to the same level. Michigan has allowed seven completed passes. In each of the last two games. That's incredible. That is unheard of. They won't hold McSorley to seven completed passes. 
I hope I get to go back next episode and pull that clip back up and be like, well, look, they did it again. But they're not going to hold McSorley to that. But I do think the defense is going to be it's the best defense Penn State's seen. What's your score prediction? Michigan 24, Penn State 13. I, I think that's solid. I think Penn State scores a touchdown. I think Michigan offensively keeps the ball rolling a little bit. Um, it's going to be more. It's going to feel a little bit like the Michigan State game, hopefully without the bad weather. Low scoring, grind it out a little bit, but I think Michigan's just going to be too much for them, especially at home with the stakes this high, the way they're playing. I, I wouldn't want to be Penn State this week. Realistically, I think that sounds good. What my heart tells me is it's the other way around. Penn State 24, Michigan 13. Which, again, could, so could happen, but I'm I'm going to pick the team. I'm going to put money on the team that's got the momentum. And right now, I don't know that there's another team in the country that's hotter than Michigan. I You were going to agree with I me. I am not going to agree this with This has you. been the Rivalry Podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you pull the plug right now. Okay, so uh, Ohio State, Nebraska. Nebraska has had some momentum building because they got they their won a game. first win. You know, I'm sorry, Scott Frost. It, I, it's all love, man. I don't think it's him. I think oh, he, no, not uh, he's going to be fine in a couple years. But I do think that Ohio State at home with all of this angst, when they play well, we'll get it done. I'm going to agree with Jason's score prediction here that you can't see, but I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Ohio State 55, Nebraska 20. I think that's a good – I think they will score more points than we would like to give them. I don't think they will give up the big runs like we have since week one. I think we'll have a couple big long-distance plays because that's what we've been focusing on improving on. I think we'll look good run game. I think we'll get it done by a large number. It's an eight, we're eighteen point favorites. I think we cover that easily, and then we'll get ready to move into Michigan State territory. Can I get your thoughts real quick on Ohio State wearing all black uniforms, trying to do a blackout? I love it for a noon kickoff. I that I didn't realize. <laughs> Never mind. That doesn't make sense. Oh, at the night games, those look say, amazing. They when we want played a night game so bad, they're going to do it at noon. When we played Penn State years ago, when we do just in in opposition to the whiteout, I think it's awesome. When the shoe is oh, I completely think it looks, black, I think it, looks it looks cool, sweet. but it's a noon kick, yeah, the guys. Noon, the noon thing kind of stinks. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can catch us next week after this crazy weekend of football when we come out with our episode on Wednesday. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Jason Mitch. We appreciate you guys for listening. We're going to have a good Saturday of football. We will catch you next time. Not just a game, it's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.